Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margo Moss. Midnight Menu Plus One is a food lifestyle show on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. Brought to us tonight by Petite Pet Care. While you're at work or on vacation or at the Mardi Gras parades, you don't have to board your pet. He can stay in the comfort of his own home. For loving care when you're not there, Petite Pet Care. Find them at PetitePetCare.com. Well, each week on Midnight Menu Plus One, Margaret and I get to invite a, a member of New Orleans restaurant and food community to join us for lively conversation. We invite them to bring along their own guest, the Plus One. We never know who the Plus One's going to be. Sometimes it's a friend, a neighbor, family member, fellow restaurant colleague. Very excited tonight about our special guest. And we're at the Tap Room. Uh, Nola's Brewing Tap Room is Nola Brewing's on-site watering hole located in the Irish Channel. The Tap Room serves Nola's regular lineup of craft beers as well as uh, eight or more specialty brews you can't get anywhere else only here uh, open weekdays from 2 to 11 p.m. and weekends from 11 a.m. to 11:30 p.m. well tonight our special guest is is going to be here in just a moment Emery Van Hook Sonia I'm very excited about that uh, can't wait to talk to her and also her mystery guest but uh, before we do that Margot um, let me see let me share with you just one restaurant experience and that was uh, Revista. I was, I, you know, that, that place is an extraordinary to me, Bakery. We've had Lisa on our show before and Chris, great people. Um, always have a great experience there. I go there sometimes to write and, you know, get coffee or whatever. But I had a real funky one this week because um, Nixon and Elvis, you know this movie that's being filmed? There's like five movies being filmed in New Orleans as usual at once. And like three of them are in Uptown right now with all our roads closed and Mardi Gras coming, right? Well, they, did, they closed off magazine today for a long time. It was crazy what's left of it. So uh, anyway, I'm in there, and uh, what happened is there's all this commotion going on down by Hay Cafe and by Miss Mays about a block down. And so I go there, and, and they're stopping. I see that they're, 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 the, um, the aides there are stopping everybody from actually even walking on the sidewalk because they're filming in front of Casamento's. They made Casamento's into a... Um, into a uh, uh, hair salon or something, I think. <laughs> anyway, so 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 I'm so I'm walking along, and they let me right through. You know, I, I, I don't know. They if it thought was you were in the Elvis movie. I, yeah, I, that's what I think it is. I think it was like they, I looked like an extra. I was, I was, I guess I'm I'm like cartoonish enough that like they thought I was an extra. So in this period piece, I walked right in, and I kept walking, and I literally stopped myself about six inches from getting right into the scene while they were filming of a bunch of Black Panthers in front of uh, Casamentos. I don't know what that was all about. But um, they're all wearing, like, black, you know, the, the, the signature look from the uh-huh. 60s, you know. And um, anyway, so I go back to Revista after that. They start, they start waving their arms at me spastically, and I, I, didn't, I didn't interrupt. But then I go back, and then all the cast people kept coming and going to Revista the whole time. So anyway, that was, that was my interesting little experience. And the food was great, but it was more like the atmosphere, too. It was ridiculous. It was, uh, yeah. All right, anything for you? Anything special? Anything noteworthy? Um... I don't know if I told you I went to Hillel ki- Hillel's Kitchen. Again? Yeah, we uh, love that place. Yeah, and, and, and enjoyed it greatly. Cool. So. Was that like the, the Shabbat thing again? or like? No, just a regular just, meal. Yeah, okay. People cool. can go in any time for lunch. And, nice, yeah. Uh, so. One of our favorites. Matzo we ball had. soup or something like that. Oh, yeah, we had the chef and we had um, Rabbi Yona on here not too long ago. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's not uh, delay any further. I'm dying to talk to my my my, uh, my pal Emery <laughs> Emery Sonia. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Yes, from uh, America's greatest farmers market, and uh, right. We do our it's best. made some yep. lists. I it mean, has. Yeah. It has. We've been called, gotten a couple good shout outs from national media. Yeah, every once in a while, I'll be going through my market. news feed on Yahoo, and I'll be like, 
you know, 10 best farmers markets in America. I'll go, I wonder if, uh, if Emery's in there and I'll click on it. Well, Emery, what, what do you do with the farmers market? What is, uh, what, what is Ray uh, talking about? Sure. So I work for a nonprofit market umbrella and we're the folks who locally operate the Crescent City Farmers Market. So we have four locations. We're Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays in different New Orleans neighborhoods um, with a, about 75 or so vendors between um, the seasonal ones who come in with certain crops, citrus, strawberries, and then the ones who are with us year round. So we run the farmers markets. Um, we go out looking for farmers and recruit them and bring them into the market. And then a lot of what we do is raising awareness about local farmers, local farm products, healthy living, healthy eating, um, with a lot of community programming. Wonderful. And we'll talk a lot more about that later. <laughs> and um, how did you get into doing that? Ooh. Um, I have always, so I grew up here in New Orleans, born and raised, and my mother is um, Sicilian. So I grew up in the kitchen with my mom, with my grandmother, with all the women in our family cooking, and just um, was always really drawn to food and how much can be learned and taught through food, whether that was learning to read cookbooks and learning math skills through recipes and breaking them down and going grocery shopping with my mom and coming home and, and making something. Um, so it was always, I grew up cooking and eating here, which a lot of New Orleanians do. So after that, uh, after undergrad, I was a literature major and uh, came back home to New Orleans and worked with Dickie Brennan uh, at his restaurant group. We, uh, worked with him. We opened a couple of restaurants, the group did, and we did a cookbook and all sorts of fun things. You were like head of marketing, weren't you? For, I was, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was co-director of marketing yeah. there. So I learned a lot there. Then uh, moved away to New York. Uh, I wanted to get some... New York work experience and uh, also went to school up there. So I did my master's in food studies and food systems at NYU. So that um, is it's a lot more popular now. When I was in the program, I think there were only about two in the country. But essentially it uses food as a lens to study various aspects of, of culture and society, whether that's environmental issues, gender issues, labor issues. Food is this wonderful, least common denominator. Everybody can talk about food. Everybody eats. So it's a great connector. Um, and that ultimately led me back home um, to the work I do now, which really uses food as a way to bring community together. Um, urban and rural, so farmers and city folks, um, people from different walks of life, different neighborhoods, different income brackets. Again, everybody eats. So it's something that we can really come together around. And in New Orleans, it's, it's just the perfect place to do this. So. So did you, uh, was, were you intentionally wanting to be back in New Orleans or just yeah. the opportunity opened up? You, you, you were looking for something in your field here and, and it opened up and you came, huh? I was, yeah. yeah. I, my last day of work at Dickie Brennan and Company was the Friday before Hurricane Katrina. I had given my notice and um, been accepted at the program at NYU and knew I had signed a lease up in New York and knew I was headed that way, but just not that way. So we evacuated to Houston. Uh, where my sister was, and then I moved up directly from being evacuated there and, and started my program. So um, I love New York. I love my neighborhood and my job and my friends up there. But it was um, because of Katrina and everything going on here, It was there was a real search of sense of urgency to come home and be a part of um, of life here again in New Orleans and, and post-Katrina life here. So you know, had it not been for the storm, I think I might have, I love this town, but I think I might have stayed away for just a little bit longer. Um, but it was, there was a real sense of urgency to come home. So this is home. Uh, did your, a lot of your family come back? After, okay. All of them. 
all yes, of them. and they all say they will never leave again. Or at least my parents. They say they will never evacuate again. They will never leave here. And my husband, too. I think it's – he's from southwest Louisiana, but I think it'd be harder to drag him out of this city than, than me even. So it's, now, did you know him at the time? I did, yeah. We'd been friends. So um, – and then moved away, and then we got together when I moved back after Katrina. So uh, and we're, we're here for good. Okay. I got to perform their wedding. Yeah, Ray. Yeah. Ray married us. <laughs> well, you're blushing, but that's a, that's a beautiful <laughs> thing. That's a beautiful no, that's, thing. That's, that's a tan from parading. That's what oh, that is. Okay. <laughs> so tell, tell us a little bit about your husband. Uh, I, maybe a little off the subject, sure. but that's Great part of job for him, right? Pardon me? Brand new job for him. Yes, he yeah. does. He has a brand new job. He hasn't started yet. He'll start at the end of the month. Okay. He's going over to the uh, New Orleans Convention Visitors Bureau to be their vice president of communications and public relations. So oh, that, wonderful. And I say kid because he is, is truly one at heart, uh, but just loves, loves, loves this city and all of it's, so perfect all of it's job. funk and soul. And I think he's just... Uh, I'm obviously biased, but just think he's just a wonderful person to, to be a mouthpiece for this city and all the wonderful attributes that it has and for um, showing the world the best of the city. So, Now, what do you actually do with the farmer's market? I mean, when I go there, we I used to have my staff meetings there, as you remember, for a couple of years because I just love to be around the atmosphere yeah. of the place. such a great place, and food's always great. So every Tuesday we were there uh, with the staff. But uh, I see you doing everything there. I see you, like, setting up tables. I see you lecturing school kids as they come through and telling them about farming and so forth. I see you're interacting with all the vendors. What else do you do? I mean, what like what is your what are you supposed to be doing there? Sure. No, I got it. <laughs> you supposed to be doing we're, all that? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're a very small staff. We're a small team. Right. Our nonprofit, we run lean. Um, but, and so we all do a little bit of everything. Um, so at the markets itself, it's certainly um, there's the – there's the farmer aspect of it. So checking in with them, learning about their businesses. The culinary landscape here is constantly evolving. So seeing um, what they're having great success with, what their challenges are, whether they're trying new crops, um, finding out some information that maybe we can share with chefs or in, um, in our education work with school children, what's coming up next, um, how the weather's impacting their crops, uh, all sorts of things like that. And then on the shopper aspect of it is too, it's giving those little insider tips on, you know, what's just come in season, what's maybe a really good buy right now because it's peak season, ideas on how to cook things, those sorts of things. So just kind of um, just being a presence there. So there's, I think that farmer's markets are those things that there's so, when run well, there's so much more that's going on behind the scenes than people realize, and that's the way that it should be. You should be able to come in and have it be this this fun um, experience. It shouldn't be heavy. It shouldn't be preachy. But, you know, there, there are, you know, hopefully there's a lot going on um, bringing new people to the market. If it's school groups, if it's groups of seniors, all that takes a lot of facilitation and a lot of kind of behind the scenes work um so to make it seem like we want it to feel natural so hmm. i'll tell you one of the things i like best about the farmer's market i love i mean i love the i love the pricing it's, it's so affordable sometimes better than the grocery stores i like how fresh it is I like to hear that. i like how i like oh yeah that's a myth that like farmer's markets have to be more expensive like i get it's i true. get my broccoli my, my cauliflower there every time it's cheaper than than the other grocery stores that i love uh sure. and it's fresher and it's like a whole different vegetable sometimes too and you it get is. it right off the i mean it's unbelievable but um, but anyway, all those things I love, and I love you know seeing you and the personalities there. But also, I'm kind of like a you, you probably know this. I'm kind of like a restaurant groupie, yes. like chef groupie, and like the way that people talk about celebrity sightings in New Orleans and movie stars that they always see at Whole Foods or on Magazine Street. Mm -hmm. If you want to see like chefs, 
there's no better place in the whole city than the farmer's market to run into like, oh, there's Tori McPhail. And look, oh, wow, there's Adam Biederman coming around the corner. And oh, there's, uh, you know, there's Frank Brightson. And I mean, there'll be at a given moment, there'll be like four or five like of the best chefs in the world all hanging out, getting their um, getting their groceries at the at the little farmer's market. And up the one I I go to the uptown one on Tuesdays, but. I'm sure there. I'm sure the other sites are like that too. The Tuesday one is a real meeting spot, and I think so. Chefs spend so much time in their kitchens. The farmers market is a place where they actually get to see their friends and their coworkers and or their colleagues rather, yeah. and spend some time and swap ideas on things and kind of you know just tell some you know some more stories about what's you know uh, if it was a really busy Saturday night or weekend or something like that. And it's we're we're blessed to be so you know have such incredible support from New Orleans culinary um and it's just yeah on any given tuesday saturday a lot of them it's that's one of the most rewarding things is looking at these farmers and see them their businesses growing through the relationships that they've cultivated at at the farmer's market and some of the times that's business relationships with chefs and a lot of times it's personal relationships with shoppers we have some vendors who now have been selling to you know they're selling to their third generation of new orleanians which i think is just Wow. Really cool. Um, this will be the 20th year of the Crescent City Farmers Market downtown. So wow, 20th year. 20. Yep. And how long have you been with it? Oh, um, in various capacities. I started volunteering with them probably in like 99 or 2000. Oh so, wow, so yeah. almost from the beginning. No, yeah, just about. So wow. Yeah. How many locations was it then? Back then we had. We, well, I think we uh, maybe like three to four. There are okay. a couple ones that we've tried different locations, but before Katrina, we had four locations, and we're back up to that now. So. Okay. Huh. Well, once you, uh, your plus one is yes. here. Why don't you introduce her and tell us Absolutely. why you selected her of all the people in this interesting city and all yes. the ma- fascinating people that you surround yourself with. This is the person that you wanted to have yes. with you. So she's got to be special. Tell us why. Absolutely. And this, who she is. this is a very easy decision. I'm going to introduce my coworker and my friend, Kamisha Source. You want Kamisha or Kim? You want to go by? Way. Either way? Okay. Sure, professionally. Um, but Kim and I worked together, and um, she came on board with us. Um, this past year, and she is works on one of our programs. It's our farmers market prescription program. Huh. Um, so, and for that, and I'll let you tell Kim more about. I mean, Kim will tell you more about it. Uh, but for one thing, she does just. She's amazing at the job that she does. She just does really, really fantastic work. And also on a personal level, I think she's is just so truly inspiring in the way she lives her life and raises her son and just has so much wisdom to impart um she's young but she has lots of wisdom to impart on all of us so it's just um any opportunity that i get you know to to, to share you know to chat a little bit with kamisha i'd love to so. all right that's a lot to live up to it you is. better you, you, you better is. perform i hope so <laughs> no. she's fantastic that sounds awesome well impart some wisdom on us what can you tell us well hello um <laughs> With the Crescent City Market, I do the fruit and veggie prescription program where we are in two different clinics, the Daughter of the Charity Clinic and the Ruth Fertel Tulane Clinic, and we do fruit and vegetable prescriptions for all of their patients where they're seeing a provider and they get a fruit and vegetable prescription um, to visit the farmer's market and get free fruits and vegetables for them and their family members um, for free every month. So, wow, that is a really interesting program. Absolutely. Is this... Is this 
common? Where, I mean, there's definitely others across the country. Um, I've done some background research. There's a few in D.C. There's a few in New York. Um, but this is pretty new, I bet. But, but definitely here. Yeah, I don't know of any down south. There's none down south. There's none down south. So being here and being able to put this prescription into the community where people who've never been to farmer's markets before have the opportunity now to visit and see a whole new shopping experience has definitely oh. been a great opportunity. And the program is brand new, and so it's, you know, we're learning as we go, and Kim has been instrumental in the success, so. Yeah, I mean, just today, I mean, about an hour ago, I was looking at my news feed in Facebook, and it had a Food Incorporated, uh, you know, I subscribed to, and it had, uh, it had uh, a picture of a glass full of vegetables and fruit kind of bursting out of it and, it, and then the next to it was like a pill, and it said, like, the farm company's medicine, and then under the one it said, you know, nature's medicine. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. and I live by that every single day. Like Emory nice. said, it's, this is my job, but this is my personal life as well. I've, in the last year and probably about four months now, I've lost about 85 to 90 pounds. And wait, 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 in the last four months? In the last year and oh, a half. Last year Not and four half. months. Please don't lose <laughs> 85 pounds Sorry, in four months. You're, you're behind me. <laughs> no, okay. about, the year, about a year and a half. Um, and it's been about, yeah, 85. I'm at 85 now. And that's from all pure, good old-fashioned diet and exercise. Food. Diet and exercise. Just nice. eating really good. Before I started working at the market, I had never shopped at a market before. I had never been to a farmer's market. And now I have my friends, my family members, everyone coming to the market every Saturday and getting a whole new shopping experience that they never had before. So it's wow. been a great opportunity to just expose the communities that had never seen anything like this before and just to a whole new world. So Yeah, I mean, we've addicted the country to just salt and sugar and, and various forms Absolutely. of processed corn. Absolutely. You know, put in different shapes and sizes. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and it, it takes a it, it you know it takes sort of an effort to eat better. But when but you do, you realize how much more rewarding it is and how much better you feel and how much better it tastes and yeah. Being from the city where this is this, it's the culture here. This is how you grew up, this is how your mother cooked, this is how your grandmother cooked, and you don't know that it's something wrong or it's something that it can be done better and you grow up this way, but trying to learn this at a, a later age is much harder than developing at a very young age so huh. it's been definitely a struggle for of mine to learn how to this is something completely learned from myself i this is not how i grew up i didn't grow up eating carrots at night that was not <laughs> that wasn't what we were taught you know what i mean go ahead oh no uh, i just want to um ask you I, I maybe i didn't hear because okay. it's a little loud in here but so how did you uh come to that position position a year and a half ago at the farmer's market what were you doing before and what well, I motivated you okay. to i started um at tulane getting my master's in public health um two and a half years ago the oldest public health program in america yes, the best one yeah. so i just <laughs> the oldest and best yeah. i got my um my mph last may and so in the process of that and working on just i went to taiwan last May 2013 and that trip was my first time out of the country and it was my first time really realizing that I can do whatever I put my mind to and so when I stepped foot in Tokyo and that was the first time something like that had ever happened for me it was just I can do what I want to now and so that motivated me and that pushed me that I can really make things happen that the way that I wanted to so and how long after you came back from that did you get the job at the farmer's market 
that had been a, quite a year. So uh, the farmer's market came after probably about 60 pounds into my weight loss. So this was me already working, and then the farmer's market was just something completely new. So that you already I had, lost 60 pounds. I had, I had. And then you get an opportunity to work at this farmer's market. Where I have fresh fruits and vegetables at my disposal now. I became a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> that, that changed my life because I went, this, it's at my exposure, and I can now teach my friends and family how you can eat these things and cook these things and being with the clients at the – the clinics and the, the patients there that you can now have all these fresh fruits and vegetables at your exposure for free. So it totally eliminates that barrier. So can you um, expand a little bit more on how um, people uh, can get the prescription mm -hmm. and, and learn yeah. more about that program? So there's two ways. There's the, we are at the Daughters of Charity um, Diabetes Institute where diabetic patients that's enrolled into that institute is that um, the one on Carrollton there's one on Carrollton okay, and yeah. there's one on um, right off of St. Claude on Saint, the St. Cecilia clinic okay and so we're at th those two clinics and those are for all diabetic patients and prenatal patients and so in those in those group they they can enroll and get their fr fruits and vegetables or we're at the Tulane Roof Fertel clinic that clinic is an open enrollment clinic so any patient at that clinic is able to have a be able to see a provider and then get a prescription and once they get that prescription they're constantly coming back every month for a refill and so basically you're getting that ongoing education you're getting that ongoing counseling from the doctors from your fruit educators and just how to how to do this because it's something completely new that they've never done before so mm. Wow. That's really amazing. That is really interesting. I wonder if the insurance companies have some resistance to that and, you know, I don't know. How does that work? I think it's good because, I mean, they see it as food as preventative medicine. Right, you know, right. It, it's something where, and, and Kim and I did a panel discussion a while back on food as medicine, and really I think people are starting to realize just how much of a role diet can play in it. So yeah. insurance like it because it's it's keeping their costs down. So The providers yeah. like it because it's, their, it's keeping yeah. their patients in, it's getting them in better health. I have so many patients that say that they they've lowered their A1C levels tremendously from 14s to six and fives. Huh. There's people who've lost weight throughout the the program within the last four months. And so it's watching these people really, really put forth the effort. They're in the farmers markets. They're loving the markets. They've never been to the markets, but now they're they're bringing their children. They're bringing their neighbors, and it's really, really becoming that community engagement it's bringing everyone together and that's what i really love to see mm. and that's what we want to see at the market is we want the crescent city farmers market to be as representative of the greater new orleans community as possible so Absolutely. we want people from different neighborhoods we want people from different income brackets we want right. people who may not have otherwise met so coming together again around food and swapping recipes and tales and those sorts of things so oh. and that's i think the real sense of community that people are hoping to find at markets mm. so and the work that kim is doing through the farmers market prescription program is a huge part of it in activating huh. the space and um and making it a real community gathering space absolutely so. oh. um yeah go ahead. no no that's all right no Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we had a we had a uh, guest on the show not long ago who's a med school professor, writes a lot of books on um, on on public health, and it was fascinating. I was just, I was absolutely uh, amazed that he, when he he talked about studies they've done where they've taken they've actually had uh, famous restaurants in New Orleans cook their signature dishes mm -hmm. that they're famous for, and then they make reduced salt versions of it. Yep. And then they do some amped up ones with extra salt. Okay. And then they have blind taste tests. Oh, and wow. what they found is 
in most cases, the folks, uh, when you reduce the salt, people prefer the taste mm-hmm. of it to the way it's normally served and mm-hmm. you know they charge a lot for it so it's actually so it's not just healthier it's actually tastier too absolutely and um and it just sort of it's interesting just perception and you know the way and just sort of change people's perception and stuff like that and you go to a place at the farmer's market it's like the food is so good mm-hmm. it's so good so it can be healthy and good mm-hmm. and uh you don't have to give up one for the other necessarily um if you do it wisely and i just think that's really neat what you you know what you're pioneering and that's what i try to teach um like i said my friends my family the patients at the clinics just learning healthier ways to cook the dishes that they love because this is new orleans and we're food driven we're surrounded by food and we like to eat so but learning healthier options and not to put so much fat into your red beans or not to to sneak in some squash or zucchini into your spaghettis or whatever (laughs) the case may be to learn how to cook the, the things that you love just in a healthier way. And that's what I really, really work on with a lot of my patients and clients. And Kim has a precious, precious little boy. And I, I love yeah. hearing her tips on how she sneaks, oh, those, sneaks <laughs> those vegetables into his dinner. <laughs> it has been a struggle. He has not, he is four now. He'll be five this May. And I gained majority of my weight during my pregnancy with him. I didn't have a very healthy pregnancy eating wise because okay. I just wasn't there in my life yet. And I gained a good, like I said, a good portion of my weight with him. And then once I lost, once I had him, I didn't lose the weight because I had all the habits that came along with it. And so I realized um, he was about three and he was eating really he was eating just as bad as I was eating. We would pass a store, and he's like, I want chicken, and I want fries. And I had to make a, a change for myself because I knew that it would affect him in the end. And so once we – it started slow, and it's still a struggle every day, but we are – we do – we're trying all new vegetables now. He loves magic beans, which are black beans. Uh, <laughs> that, that's his Call favorite. whatever you need to. to get yeah. whatever you need to. His favorite is collard greens from the market. He's oh, going great. to get beet lemonade from the market. And oh, beet lemonade beet is awesome. Beet lemonade is his absolute favorite. That's like but a superfood, too, yeah. To eat a, he, he, I had to trick him to go back for... Um, he thought he left his cookie at the... He thinks the market is only... Cookies and beet lemonade. And so he thought he loved his cookies. So I told him, if you tried the beet lemonade, I would go back for it. But I had the cookie in my bag the whole time. And he tried it, and he absolutely fell in love with it. But now, everywhere he goes, and he's only four, he's telling my mom, you have to try that. He's telling his grandma, you have to try that. My mom says, you have to try it, just like I tried the beet lemonade. And so me teaching him is just showing how... They just, they're sponges, and our children are our sponges, our friends are our sponges, and they basically feed off of what we provide for them. And I really just want him to know where food comes from and how food grows and how it's not just in the grocery store. They come, they, it's a whole process before it even makes it to, to the grocery uh-huh. store. And so I really, really enjoy teaching him these things because, like I said, I wasn't taught these things, but now I'm teaching my mom these things. I'm teaching my dad these things. They're both calling me saying, I went for a walk this morning, or I'm trying the kale, and <laughs> And that's in all honesty, they both called me today and told me they, they went for their morning walk, which was great. <laughs> so it's, it's been good, really, really having that positive effect all around me. So it's been a great uh, feeling. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, on the walking, I'm, I'm a fanatic about this. You know, to me, I feel like it's just like the eating. It's like it's so much better to walk in New Orleans if you can. It's one of the great walking cities in the world. Mm-hmm. And then driving, it's one of the worst driving cities in oh, the world. Oh, the traffic it's terrible. here. Why people horrible. spend extra money. And to jam themselves into a car mm-hmm. and take themselves out of this wonderful city and put themselves in this pod 
and driver. I mean, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just, I mean, but you just get in that mentality, you get used to that. If you can just get rid of the car, stop using it, and just get out there and walk, you're so much better off anyway. Breaking habits all Yeah, around. it's just breaking habits. But you, you know, then you, then you notice all the architectural details, and you're, you run into your friends, and you have conversations, and you, you know, do all these things that you just can't do in the car. And it's, it, it's, it, to me, it's on the same, don't you think it's on the same sort of uh, page as the, uh, the playbook that you're using for the food stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, tell us about the farmers at the, uh, that you deal with. I mean, there's a lot of characters there. You can <laughs> tell by looking at them. They are characters, yes. for sure. I but mean, New Orleans is full of characters. We have urban characters. The, the farmers that come in are rural characters that you have there, too. You have some yes. real crazy people so we've got some characters yeah. but they are some of the hardest working people you will ever meet and it's you know you better think twice before you complain at a farmer's market about anything <laughs> because you know as early as you got up the farmers got up three hours four hours before you and drove in and you know they do really hard physical work and I think there's a lot of a lot of dignity in that and a lot of things that a lot of folks take for granted so it's um, just again really hardworking people what's sort of like the biggest farm representative of any of your of, of any of your vendors there I mean they're all pretty small farmers, right? They like, are. what's the biggest, like, what would be sort of, like, the largest example? Oh, you might example? have someone who, you know, has 25 acres of something, right. or maybe a little bit north of that, 30 acres, 50 acres or something. But and what's, a lot like, of the them, smallest? You can, but you can do something on, you can do great yeah. production on an acre, on half an acre. So yeah. it just kind of depends on what you want to do. And so we have uh, a lot of produce farmers. Uh, yeah. We also have seafood vendors at the market. So some people bringing in fresh, locally caught shrimp and fish and uh, crabs when in season and some really beautiful things and then we have a lot of um you know our, our industry term is value added but all of those delicious spreads revista is a vendor yes at the yeah, 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 yeah. revista actually got its start at the crescent city farmers right Market, right right so. she's yeah she's a uh, famous baker there right yeah, yeah who you were right. talking about earlier and yeah. that's another thing Lisa. about the market is that it incubates food businesses and that's something that's a real buzz term now and people are looking at um, you know, startups. There's lots of talk about that, and, and farmers markets, I think, are one of the really early pioneers in in startup businesses or pop up businesses. You know, it's all these terms that we hear so much of now and trendy food talk. But yeah. um, farmers markets have been doing that for a good long while. Um, how many? Uh, what percentage of your farmers are family farms, like all generational? Of all of them. For family farms? For far, far, the for farm. Generational? I mean, or just, I mean, do you see a movement towards young people getting into that? We're starting to see that. I think you see it more in other parts of the country, but we're, I'm really encouraged by, um, by the growth that we're seeing, younger people getting into agriculture. And that's another thing that we do a lot of is trying to break down some of those barriers and a lot of matchmaking and if there are people who are interested in agriculture and getting into production we want to do everything that we can to help match them up with resources that will make that easier it'll never be easy it's it's hard work um you know restaurants it's hard work hard to turn a profit hard um demanding work around the clock farming is this is, is the same way if not more so um, but there's some people on the North Shore doing great work. I love seeing um, people in their 20s getting into farming, expressing interest, and that could start from you know backyard gardening or having you know a full-blown production farm um, on a larger scale or larger at like you know if it's an acre, a couple acres or so, and raising chickens. And there's so much interest in that now. Um, in, in New Orleans, it's 
you know, you can go quickly from urban to rural, which is really nice. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's it doesn't take much time at all to, to get into the quote country. So, What's the longest commute any of your farmers uh, take to come to the market? We have one family that brings in peaches from Alabama. Alabama. And that's about the farthest. But it's equidistant from there and to some of our north Louisiana um, more, you know, if people think about Ruston peaches, you know, about the same wow. distance as it would be coming in from um from Alabama, but beyond that, I mean, that's kind of they're kind of the outlier. Um, a lot of the farmers come from the river parishes, from the North Shore, so maybe a forty-five minute drive, and maybe a two-hour drive up to Washington Parish or just across the Mississippi huh. border. Coming up, Bill Rouse comes in from Terrytown. I mean, those sorts of things. So it's a couple hours drive. It has to has to make mm. sense for them personally and professionally to to come in if it's one time a week, two, three, four times a week um, to sell. But yeah. at the market, it's it's you know every dollar of what just about every dollar of what they're making at the market is going in their pocket rather than to a middleman or several middlemen before um, right. it gets to them so they they do get a premium price for for premium products um, which hopefully makes it worth their while and then of course the direct connection and being there personally to to talk to people who really appreciate the food and the work that they do mm. so i think that that's um hopefully that's our you know that's that's our cheerleading that goes along yeah. with it so and our and our thanks and praise for the work that they do. Now, what's the quality control standards like? For example, do you have any farmers that are used? Like, do you, do you uh, not work with uh, vendors who use certain kinds of fertilizer or you know so forth? Can you talk about some of those things? Sure. A lot of the most of the farmers who we work with are so small that I mean, you're not. There's not a need for all of the goopy things that you know all the things that you know conventional large scale industrial agriculture necessitates because of monocropping, um, because of the scale that they're doing that. So these smaller folks, it's just there's not a need for it. But um, there are farmers who are certified organic um, that practice um, or you know, have organic practices, and then also are straight up conventional. But that's one thing about the farmers market is that you're in a position to ask those questions. So if there is a particular, um, you know. You can ask them if they're using, you know, what kind of chemicals they're using. It may just be a chemical fertilizer or something that's, um, you know, or it may be nothing at all. Or, But that's, it empowers people to, to make those decisions on their own and to have that discussion and, and learn about it. I think a lot of people, um, industrial agriculture and the industrial food grid is just, it's full of mixed messages. So the farmer's market is a place where you can break through all of that and, um, you know, look your farmer in the eye and ask them, you know, how it is that they're growing. And there's just tremendous education that goes along with. Yeah, so you can actually help the farmers sometimes, yes. too, to get away from uh, bill, bills of goods that they were sold, maybe, or the sure. parents were 20 years ago that yep. everybody was doing. Yeah. That probably was a departure from the way they used to do it. And the way they used to do it was probably better. Yep. And you can help or, or find an alternative that's not as harmful that would be. Exactly. Yeah. If there are people that, you know, there's so many people asking questions about sustainable ag and so it's um i think that is is additional incentive for people to adopt sustainable practices and Mm. then they see the value in it and what it means to people so and i know y'all keep touching on this but it's just such an amazing experience to be able to go and meet the people who uh grow the food Mm -hmm. and 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 you know make get the milk and it's just it's inspiring and the things that you uh, don't think about, like when you go into the grocery, or it it does ins- it's very inspiring. And um, some of the things you you waste time thinking about, they just don't seem so important. And you really, it's an amazing experience. I'm so grateful that y'all do what you do. And 
to me, to me, it's sort of like what you're saying, Margot. To me, I, it's sort of like you buy a record of a band you like, and you listen to the record, or you go see them, and during a break, you get to chit chat with them or whatever. It's a totally. Yep. It just changes the whole way you perceive exactly. the, the music. And it's the same thing with food. Like, be able to look the farmer in the eye and see the guy who did that or the woman who did that or whatever. It's just, it just enriches the whole experience. It makes, it makes that apple taste different. It makes that yeah, it you know, satsuma taste different to you. It and is. it just makes it more personal. And I think that's just more humanizing. Yeah. You know, it's not a commodity now. It's a relationship, yeah. too, right? I mean, farmers are, are rock stars. I think it's so. Yeah. I mean, so you have this rise of celebrity chefs, and I think you're starting to see this rise of celebrity farmers where their huh. names are on menus. <laughs> and, um, you know, and chefs, really well-known chefs, plan menus around their crops and call huh. them out by name. So it's... I love seeing that. Huh. Now, how do you guys make money, uh, the farmer's market? I mean, you have foundation grants, but you we also do. you charge the vendors something we to do. be there. It's and a little so bit. Forth. They charge, uh, you know, we charge yeah. very little. So there is a little bit from that. But a lot of it is, is private support, whether that's from private philanthropy or individual donors. So both for the operations of the market, but also the programming, like what Kim was talking about earlier, the farmer's market prescription program. Um, we do, we have a market match program. So at all of our markets, we accept SNAP, food stamps, as yeah. formerly known, benefits at all of our farmer's markets. A lot of people don't don't know about that so there's a tremendous amount of um, community outreach that needs to be done in order to get the word out about that and then oh. the operations of it too so during certain times of the year we match snap purchases up to a certain dollar amount so oh. right now we're matching snap purchases up to twenty dollars so you swipe your card and for tw- you know up to twenty bucks and we'll match up to twenty bucks as a way to help people um, with limited food budgets stretch those dollars huh so and they're already on uh, public assistance and they're and they're receiving these funds and now you're doubling them essentially correct. by yeah, that's wonderful. Correct. To help them stretch that. And then also, um, you know, that also those dollars that are going directly into farmers' pockets, which helps them to increase their capacity. And those are dollars that they might not have been or they wouldn't be able to access if um, if they were selling, um, you know, through different through different channels. So. Hmm. Now, uh, Kim, have you had anybody come back and, and, and enjoy the process so much that they want to learn how to do some urban gardening themselves, like grow tomatoes or anything, or is it still... I haven't had someone to do that specifically. Like, I'm, I'm just ready to start growing. I'm just, people are really excited to just start eating fresher and yeah. to start being exposed to those fresh tomatoes and those that fresh broccoli like you said it doesn't even taste yeah. the same and it's like a different vegetable it's a whole different vegetable yeah. and you start to see food differently and that's what i think has been the most exciting thing that people are starting to build healthier relationships with food and that's really you don't see that in new orleans with our culture you don't have those very very healthy relationships and now i'm starting to see it more and more because he's if someone stayed i'm trying to lose weight so i'm not eating at all or right. <clears throat> whatever the case may be and I'm trying to that's not the way to do it you need to eat as much as you can but to eat the right things and right. learning how to do that and so I think that has been the biggest achievement is to really really see how happy people are at the market going to one of the, the most popular markets for the prescription is our Thursday market and so being at Thursday market and seeing those patients and um, just being in the market and shopping in a whole new light and being able to have those conversations with the farmers and being able well how did you grow this and how do I cook this and that they're having that dialogue that they don't get anywhere else that has been I, I think the most rewarding part of it all and I'm gonna I'm gonna brag on Kim a little bit she does an incredible job meal planning for the week yes. which is something that you know you hear people talking about on the Today Show and in mainstream media and you should do this and we all know we should but Kim actually does it yes. and it is beautiful yeah. it's a lot of work but it's, it's a lot of work so I meal prep I plan three meals a day 
for five days for my entire family, oh. and I do it all on a Sunday. And so everybody's has portioned out meals for the entire week. And so on days like tonight where I have no time to go home and think about anything healthy or my other option is fast food, I already have something that I can go pull out so everyone can eat. And so getting... What's for tonight? What's for dinner tonight? tonight? I'm doing... I have salmon and asparagus tonight. Okay, and nice. Kyron has magic beans, of course. I have a pot of magic beans cooked <laughs> every single week. That goes into every meal prep. He loves beans, and um, like I said, I don't eat meat, but my boyfriend does, so I have chicken for him and some vegetable. Whatever my favorite um, farmer at the market is Timmy, so whatever Timmy grows, that's probably our vegetables <laughs> for the week. Tell us more about Timmy. Timmy's is awesome. <laughs> he has the most beautiful vegetables. He has the most bright and inspiring personality, and he just draws you in. First of all, his truck draws you in because everything is bright and beautiful and always something different. Um, I try. Where, where does he? Where does he farm? He he's in Mons, Louisiana, mm-hmm. so it's in the River Parishes. Okay. Um, but he always has something new to try, the purple cauliflower. Or oh, that's my favorite. The Romanesco, which was my favorite. Yes. Something oh, that my second like, favorite. Yeah, it looks like an alien cauliflower. <laughs> the little alien creature. And when yes. I first saw it, I was so intrigued by it, and I absolutely love it. It's but so beautiful. It is. And, so and my son, and it's actually his favorite now because we chopped it all up, and we made. he called it the different color soup. And so uh, we had the green Romanesco and the purple cauliflower and some carrots, and it was just all bright colors. So he calls it the different colors vegetable soup, which is uh, great. And it's really, really, like I said, it's from farm to table, literally. But uh, with the meal prepping, so I do this for myself, but I also do it for, right now I have about five or six clients. So I'm meal prepping all, all weekend, all weekend, and I'm delivering to their houses. And I, I do, like, like Emery said, uh, they can they have the choice of two to three meals a day for five days and it's it basically eliminates the problem of what am i going to eat and how am i going to stay healthy i'm doing all the cooking for you i'm doing all you have to do is go that's fast food to me that's how you really really reach your goals it's not working out it's not in a gym it's what you put on your plate the 75 hours that you're not working out during the week yes that's wow. what I did. Now, how, how is that? I'm sorry. Is that through the prescription program no, or is this a private thing? Yes, so, to, that, the meal prepping is totally personal for myself. Okay. Um, but with the market, I'm teaching other people how to do this. My okay. goal with meal prepping for everyone is not to do it for your entire life. Right. I want you to learn how to do this because that's right. what it, if you plan your weekend, if you plan your weeks on a Sunday or on the weekend or whenever day you have time, then you don't make those bad decisions when those on the spot convenient decisions. Yeah, convenient, pragmatic. Exactly. Yeah, right. That's not convenient. That you'll pay for in the long run, but right. you don't see it that way. Yes. And so just getting people in the mind frame of, yeah. I need to plan. Big Macs are prep. like $45 Absolutely. because you're paying like $1.50 now and you're paying $42 uh, next month when you have to go to the doctor it, for it. Absolutely. Yeah, right. And I, I tell it's everyone, the most expensive meal you can do is like go to fast food. I, yeah, I don't even buy water from McDonald's. I'm, <laughs> I don't support it. I don't, because I just feel like it's Taking, like you said, a Big Mac, I can get it for two bucks, but a bag of apples, I pay six dollars for. And yeah. the, the cost distribution is just, it's yep. not, I can feed my family for on a box of chicken for eight bucks versus going to the grocery store and it's gonna want to spend way more. And I don't know how to do that. So I always right. tell people, I feel like access without education is pointless. You need, need do you have a blog learn. for this? You really need to be posting these. I do yeah. post. I ah, have a Facebook and an Instagram nice. that I post okay. on a lot. And my the whole point of those both of those social sites is just to get people thinking about eating yeah, differently. Seeing, they see my food every day, and this is my life. I definitely lead by example. Well, well, will we you tell us? But, but but before uh, yeah. we go, 
would you tell us um, the the times and the different farmers yes. markets and Absolutely. make sure Absolutely. we have that yes. and and any you know if you are comfortable putting out your Absolutely. Facebook page and um, sure. you know so yeah. So the Crescent City Farmers Market, um, Uptown, we're, we're there on Tuesdays from 9 until 1 in the parking lot of Tulane University Square, so that's 200 Broadway. On Wednesdays, we're at the French Market, that's our newest market. We're there from 2 until 6 um, in the historic French Market. And there we have two hours of free parking, which is a huge bonus for locals. Nice. You can access it from right around Jackson Brewery, go in the back, drive along the river. And if you purchase something at the Farmer's Market, we'll validate it for two hours. Great. Um, on Thursdays, we're at the American Can Company from 3 until 7. Awesome. Um, we're there right by, by the bayou. And then Saturday is our flagship location. It's our, our original one. And we're at 700 Magazine on the corner of Gerard. We're there from 8 until 12. And that is just, um, that's where it started. That's where we're celebrating 20 years. We've got kids' activities on the first Saturday of the month and um, all sorts of things going on on Saturdays throughout the month. And my Facebook is Kimisha, K-I-M-I-S-H-A, Sawyers, S-A-W-Y-E-R-S. And my Instagram is called It's a Lifestyle. Excellent. I like that. It's a Lifestyle. Well, thank you. Our special guest tonight at Midnight Menu Plus One was uh, Emery Van Hook Sonier, and her plus one was Kamisha Sawyers. You can find out more about Crescent City Farmers Market and all the other things that we discussed tonight by following the links on our site, itsneworleans.com. And thanks tonight, too, for Petite Pet Care, for loving care when you're not there. Petite Pet Care. Well, that's it for tonight's show. See you next time on Midnight Menu Plus One. Until then, I'm Ray Canada. And I'm Margot Moss. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.